You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Now, I, won't, I don't want this to be a distraction that's behind me, but of course, uh, this is a little out of the ordinary, a little odd, but I want you to think of it as a road sign. I want to thank my wife and, and uh, my mom for putting this together last night. I, I pleaded with them too, and I said, I have the handwriting of a two-year-old that flunked kindergarten. I, I have very bad handwriting, and by the way, on the guys on the uh, camera, I'll be, I'll be here, I'll be moving a lot, so sorry about that. Uh, and I want to use this as a prop, and of course, I want you to think of it as uh, directions, you know, the, there's a green sign that's like Floyd Hamilton, like those green signs. I want you to think of that as, as this. Uh, decision points, or uh, this way or that way, things like that, okay? And the title of this message I borrowed from a book. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this president, but this is George W. Bush. And the title of his book was Decision Points on the top. And really, the book highlighted, it was just basically highlights of his life. Uh, chapter 1 starts as him being a teenager, uh, when he meets Laura, his wife, or to-be wife. Then it goes on, and, and, and then he goes to college, and then his father becomes the president of the United States. And then uh, a few chapters down, he becomes the president of the United States. Then there's a whole chapter dedicated on my birthday, September 11th. <laughs> now everybody knows my birthday. September 11th, there is a whole chapter dedicated on that. It's called the, the Day of Fire, is that he dedicated that chapter of the book toward it. Anyway, I want to do this with the Bible today. Now, if we did this with the Bible, it would be like highlights of the Bible. You know, major decision points of the Bible. I would think of creation. I would think of uh, God giving the law to Moses. Major pinnacle climaxes of the Bible, I thought of the entire life of Jesus. Really, thanks for getting the slide. The entire life of Jesus, uh, of course, would be a major pinnacle climactic decision point. Uh, Acts and the, the life Jesus gave to the church and, and revelation, and we could go uh, uh, book by book and highlight by highlight, decision point by decision point. Uh, <clears throat> but today I want to focus on Ruth. Because here in Ruth, we, I'm going to tell a story of the book of Ruth, and we see uh, a, two decisions that were made by two different people. And these two women, one went this way and one went that way. And that's the road sign. One went this way, one went that way, and then we're just going to look through this book. By the way, I, I wrote in my notes, be a storyteller. I want to be a storyteller this morning, uh, so excuse me if you, uh, I already know the book of Ruth, I already know what goes on, I already know what happens, uh, then I just, I just want you to sit tight and listen closely. Uh, I'm going to be preaching as if this is the first time anybody has ever heard this, okay? And I'm going to be preaching to my niece, Anna, I'm going to be preaching to the little kids so that I can keep their attention. I think this is very easy for them to listen to and pay attention to. So the book of Ruth, chapter 1, the story of Ruth, this is the closest the Bible, that's, that's fine, the story of Ruth, this is the closest the Bible has 
uh, to a Cinderella story, <laughs> if you will. You're allowed to laugh. This is, uh, to me, this is the closest thing. It goes from tragedy to triumph. It goes from little to nothing to everything. Yeah. And that's, that is Ruth. And so in Ruth chapter 1, it starts, of course, with the tragedy. That's how Cinderella stories start. We're going to start with a tragedy. We're going to start with hard times. And then at the end of Ruth, Ruth chapter 4, we're going to see the triumph, the great thing that happened uh, in the book of Ruth. So I just wanted to say if, if you're getting a little tired of your Bible reading in Leviticus or you're going through the genealogies and you're like, man, I'm eating the vegetables, if you will, this isn't very fun, uh, the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth will uh, help you to be in a better mood. Uh, it's also a short book. I am sure the average reader could read it in less than an hour. And then if you're a good reader, you could read it in less than 30 minutes. Uh, it's four chapters, an easy-to-remember, easy-to-get story, and it makes you feel good when you're done reading it. You're like, love wins in the end, of course. Uh, my wife's favorite movies, love win in the end. They live happily ever after, and that's how the book of Ruth is. Uh, so I want to start, and remember, I'm going to be a storyteller. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. It came to pass in those days... When the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons was Mahalon and Chilion, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they came to the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. And they took them wives of the, women of, Mo of the women of Moab, and the name of, of one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Mahalon and Chilion died, also both of them, and the women was left of her two sons and her husband. I want you to stop there, please. So we're introduced to a family. Here's the family. Dad, Elimelech, Mom, Naomi, and they had two sons named Mahilon and Chilion. Don't quote me on that, all right? <laughs> Don't quote me on that. But this family of four, uh, they were living in Bethlehem, Judah, and a famine was going on. A famine means that there's no food. Uh, we're out of food. And God was not blessing the land of Bethlehem, Judah. So they packed their bags, and they had to move. So they moved to a place called Moab. They had to move to Moab because there was no food in Bethlehem, Judah. Okay, family of four, got it. Then the Bible says that dad died. We don't know why, we don't know when. Elimelech, he died. So then the family of four is a family of three, mom and two sons. Then, uh, then the two sons marry two women that were from Moab. One of them was named Orpah, one of them was named Ruth. So now it's a, now it's a family of five, mom Son, son, daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law. Okay? Very good. You guys are very smart. Then uh, the two sons die. We don't know why. We don't know when. But the two sons die from this family unit. So now the family is mom, Naomi, daughter-in-law, Orpah, daughter-in-law, Ruth. Okay? Ruth, one through five. That was the whole story. Okay? Very quick, easy, easy to get, easy to remember. The kids got it. All right. Now, let's continue Ruth verse 6. 1 verse 6. 
Then she arose with her daughters-in-law. That's Naomi. She is Naomi. She arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, that she heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord has visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place uh, where she was, and the two da- her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the, the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return, each to thy mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as, you've dealt, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of your, her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. Verse 10, And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. So Naomi hears word, you can look up here, Naomi hears word that Bethlehem Judah, which is home, they have food now. And ten years have passed, ten years. They have food now. So I'm going to go back home to Bethlehem Judah, okay? So then this family unit, if you remember, two daughters-in-law and one Naomi, they pack their bags and they're headed back to home, Bethlehem Judah, but that's not home for the two girls. They're from Moab. Okay? All right. So I need to explain uh, a few things. I don't want to get caught up too much in the details. Bethlehem to Moab was about 50 miles. If you're walking like they were, it was about seven to ten days if you're walking. Okay? Moab is a border nation of, of, of Israel, and they're frequent enemies. They were not friends. Uh, so I need to remind you, 50 miles that seems short to us, and it is short. It's, that's, that's not a distance. Uh, they were walking. They were walking seven to ten days, a short distance of 50 miles. Remember that these are two different nations. Two different nations. It's uh, Mexico and United States. It's Mexico and Canada. Two different nations. Two different kings. Two different laws. Two different ways of life. Different. Okay. Bethlehem Judah was God's people. That was Israel. So when you say Bethlehem Judah to our thinking Christians, think, think Christians, Bethlehem Judah Christians. These are God's people, people that know God, people that follow God. Moab was everything not. Not God's people, did not follow God, uh, followed their own gods, followed their own idols, not God's people. Okay? So this story, this happens, and this is a short distance to us, but remember, it was moving nations. So that, and I want you to notice something in verse 10, and then we will continue. Verse 10, they said unto her, the daughters-in-law, Naomi, excuse me, Orpah and Ruth, they said unto her, surely we will return with thee unto thy people. Uh, In verse 10, at this moment, Both of them said, I am returning to Bethlehem, Judah, with you. Okay? Both of them said it. Verse 10. But because of my sign, I think that we know that that was not the case. One of them went one way. One of them went the other way. And we're going to find that out now. Ruth uh, 1.11. And Naomi said, Girls, turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that you may have husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way. I am too old to have a husband. 
If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them until they're grown? Would ye stay with them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes. The hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. All right, stop there. So Naomi says, girls, I can't have sons anymore. Uh, I'm to the age where I, I can't have children. And you might as well just stay in Moab, which is home. You might as well stay home. You, you, there's, I'm sorry, girls. It was nice to meet you. I loved you. You took great care of my sons. But it's, it's over. In other words, it's over. It's done. I'm going to go back to Bethlehem, Judah. You can stay over here in Moab, okay? That was the decision that was made here. here. And Naomi just says, ladies, it was great. Goodbye, okay? And in the verse 14, they lifted up their voice. The, two, the ladies, they lifted up their voice and wept. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. That means she kissed her goodbye. But Ruth clave unto her. Meant, you know, was holding on. Ruth was holding on to her and wouldn't let her go. All right? So this is the decision point. This is the decision point that we're standing in right now of Orpah says, I'm going home. I'm going to kiss Naomi goodbye. I'm going home. Moab. And Ruth doesn't let go. Ruth claves on to her. So I thought about this sign. This is the why in the road. Yeah. It, you can't, you have to choose. Amen. You're going this way, you're going that way. Okay? Let's continue. I, I hope you're enjoying this story. I am. This is, this, let's continue Ruth 1.15. And she said, Naomi is she. Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods, Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people will be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and where, thou, where will I be buried, the Lord do so with me. And more also, if aught death, but death, Part thee and me. When she, Naomi, saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Uh, the decision point that Ruth made said, uh, Naomi, no, I'm, I'm going with you. And, and I thought about a little joke. Uh, Ruth says, uh, verse 16, and Ruth said, entreat me not to leave me. Ruth said, don't tell me what to do. I'm going with you. <laughs> You're allowed to laugh in church. I'm going with you. So something I very want to point out, and I want to talk to Blake. Blake's sitting right here because he was in Epic last week. Uh, I want you to notice verse 15. Go to verse 15. Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Blake, what do you notice about the word gods? No, the, 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 that it's a lowercase. So when you see something in the Bible that says God, lowercase g, 
That's not God. That's not Jehovah. That's not the God that we're serving this morning. That is anything else. Okay? That's not God. Okay? So uh, Naomi says, Ruth, Orpah left to go serve her gods. Uh, Why don't you just go too? Okay? Why don't you just go too? And Ruth made the decision point of now go to Ruth uh, 1.16 and then go down. I will lodge. Thy people will be my people. Christian people. Thy people will be my people and thy God, capital G, will be my God. So in that declaration, uh, Ruth 1.16 is the biggest verse in all of the chapter, all of the book of Ruth. The whole pinnacle, the whole Everything that Ruth is about is Ruth 1.16 when she declares your people, which are Christian people, Bethlehem, Judah, God's people, are going to be my people. And your God, capital G, Jehovah, the God we serve this morning, is my God. That's the declaration. That's the big explosion of... So the decision point was made, okay? The decision point was made. Orpah went back to home, Moab, and Ruth said, I'm not going to leave you, Naomi. I'm coming with you to Bethlehem, Judah. Your people are going to be my people, your God, my God. So the decision point was there. Today, I want to talk about our decision points. I want to talk about and break down, thank you, I want to talk about, break down and explain some things in Ruth. So I kind of slowly went through the, the chapter of Ruth, And we're going to visit some places that we've already read. And I'm going to point out some things that you that you must need to know and that it will help us apply this to our lives today. That when we're standing in the spot I'm standing in of a decision point. okay? because that's that is the lesson today. That's the title of the message, as I'm sure you already know. Decision points, decision points. I want to stop and pray. I need to stop and pray. Lord, I thank you for this time, this, this message. I pray, God, that you will help me to calm down, that the nervous energy will be uh, lowered. I pray, God, that I will be able to uh, fluently speak your word to your people. Help them today, Lord, through your Holy Spirit to make the decisions that they have to make today. I love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 There is a consistency to decisions. There's a consistency to decisions. Of course we know this. It is said that it is estimated the average adult makes more than 35,000 decisions every day. And so it's, of course, it's the monotonous ones. It's when am I going to wake up? When am I actually going to get out of bed? Not just when the alarm's going off, but when am I going to get out of bed? What shoes am I going to wear on the left foot and on the right foot? And the multitude of decisions that we make every day is estimated to be about 35,000. Thank you for making the decision today of coming to church, by the way. Appreciate that. Thank you. So now this makes me happy because I'm not preaching to one select group. I'm not preaching to just teenagers. I am preaching to every single person that can hear my voice because everyone makes decisions. Uh, from the youngest person, Miss Anna, from the youngest person like yourself, love you, to uh, the most mature, because I won't say the word old, the most mature person, everyone makes decisions. Everyone. Right. 
and it's, it's monotonous, and it's boring, but the decisions that matter are the ones of, am I going to go God's way, or am I going to go my own way? It, the decisions where I'm standing in the point of a decision point is not what am I going to get at the Coca-Cola machine. It is, am I going to go God's way, or am I going to go my way? That's the decision point. Because we were told in this story of two people going two different ways. Every day we are faced with this decision. Every day. Every day when I wake up and when my, my pastor wakes up, we are making the same decision. Am I going to follow God today or not? Am I going to do what God wants me to do today or not? Am I going to pray today? Am I going to be in my devotions today? Am I going to do what God wants me to do today? Or am I going to do what I want to do? And that's the decision. Every morning whenever we wake up, that's the decision. Whether saved people, lost people, if you're a Christian this morning or not, we make that decision every single day. The decision that matters is not, again, what shoes am I going to wear today? What, what tie am I going to wear today? And the decisions that matter is, am I going God's direction or am I going my direction? Because the other 35,000 decisions don't matter. The one that matters is that. Am I going God's direction or my direction? Now, of course, I wanted to pull up this verse. This is a declaration. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Make your choice of the decision point who you will serve. Whether it were the gods of your fathers that, or like of Moab, sorry, I keep adding to it, served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the declaration. That's Joshua had made up his mind. There's no question. In, in the context of this verse very quickly, Joshua was sick and tired of Israel going back and forth, of God's people saying, oh, we're going to serve this God. Oh, we got in trouble. We got a big spanking from God. Now we're going to serve God. But this people sounds nice, and we're going to serve this idol and God, and we got a big spanking from God again, and now I'm going to serve God again. And Joshua said, I've had enough of it. No more. Choose today. Choose today. Because we're not going to play this game anymore. You know, I believe Joshua's had it. Choose today who you're going to serve. If it's going to be the people of Moab with Orpah, or if it's going to be the God of Israel with Ruth. Choose. So today for us, this is the choice that we have to make for us. Choose you this day who you will serve whether it's yourself or God, Jehovah. There is a consistency to decisions. We make decisions all the time. And there's consequences to those decisions. Now, I didn't look at the teenagers, but if I were, if I were you uh, when I was younger, I would have flinched right there, because I've heard that before. Now I'm talking to my parents. I've heard that before. Consequences to your decisions. And uh, there, my mom doesn't sound like that. There are, uh, there, and I think really what I heard, there's consequences to your actions, is what I was told. There's consequences to your actions. There's consequences to your decisions. So point number one, we make decisions all the time. Right. Point number two, there's consequences to those. Amen. So every, you know, of course, there's consequences to those. There certainly are. 
I want to go back to the story of Ruth and Orpah. And the last that we heard, the last that we know, Orpah left to Moab. We read that. She said, she kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. And then Naomi said, Ruth, are you going to go back to, why don't you go back to, uh, back to Moab? Why not? And serve those gods. So if you were to read the rest of the book of Ruth, Orpah is not mentioned again. If you were to read the rest of the Old Testament, Orpah is not mentioned again. And if you were to read the rest of the Bible, Orpah is not mentioned again. So to as far as everyone knows, the last thing we know is that she went to Moab to serve the little g-gods. That's all we know. That the decision point was made, and that's all that we know. Now let's, now let's do Ruth. Ruth. The, what are the consequences? Excuse me, I went a little bit too far. The consequences of Orpah's decision, uh, she was never mentioned again. We don't know anything. And based on that fact that she went to serve little g-gods, meaning she doesn't know the god Jehovah, based on that fact, she was not a Christian. She was not somebody that knew God. And based, and based on that, then I believe that she is indeed living eternally today. And that is in a place called hell. I believe she's there. Because I have no other proof in the word of God to tell me anything otherwise. All I know is that she went back to Moab to serve other gods. That's all I know. That's it. So that was the consequences of Orpah's decision. By the way, did you think Orpah had in mind eternity when she was standing right here? Think about that. These three women were on a road. They were standing right here, and Naomi said, Girls, nice to meet you. You should just leave me now. And Orpah was not thinking of her eternity, her entire life. She was thinking of, I'm going back home, I'm going back to my friends, I'm going back to my family. Everything she's ever known, back probably to her house, a house that she owned, back to her parents. That's all that she knew. She didn't know any better and she didn't know anything else. Okay, those are the consequences of Orpah's decision. Now, uh, something that's very nice, the word consequences does not always have to be negative. The word consequences does not always have to be negative. So the consequences of Ruth's decision. Let's go to Ruth. The consequences of Ruth's decision at the decision point. That's the rest of the love story. That's the rest of the story that makes us feel good. That's the rest of the story. Here's what we find out. I'm going to skip a lot. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and when, she went, and when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. There's the happy ending. There's the thing that makes us happy, that, that makes us smile. Love wins in the end, and Ruth met some guy named Boaz. And that makes us feel good, and, and that's the Cinderella story. She went from death, her husband died, she was a widow, to uh, God gave her and, and, and blessed her with someone else. What are the consequences of Ruth's decision point? She became a Christian. She became a follower of Jehovah God. And God blessed that decision point. God blessed that. 
she became uh, a wife again to a guy named Boaz. And lastly, I want to show you this. Now, these are the generations of Perez. Perez begat Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nashum, and Nashum begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz. Oh, we know that name, Boaz. And Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. I know that, that name. I know the name Obed. I know the name Jesse. I know the name David and Boaz. Sorry, I went out of order. I know those names. What's a David that we know from the Bible? <laughs> Does that name ring a bell to anyone? Uh, what is the famous, I want to talk to you, young man. What is the famous story that David did? What did he do? He That's Daniel. What, what's the one where a slingshot? He killed the giant. Yeah, it's, it's when you put somebody on the spot that all memory goes away. So, okay, I've been there, I've done that. I'm sorry about that. Uh, that's the giant killer. That's David, the giant killer. Okay, then after David killed the giant, a little bit later, uh, did he not become the king of Israel? Yes, he did. So, uh, that is a little bit of a, a big deal. That's a big deal. Amen. That David has a, a great-grandmother named Ruth. And that's her. That's Ruth, great-grandmother. That's awesome. That's great. And God blessed that one decision point. Do you think Ruth knew that? Do you think Ruth said, I'm going to be the great-grandmother of the king of Israel in a couple generations? By the way, this, this great king that wrote the Psalms, killed the giant, that king. Ruth didn't know that. All that Ruth knew in this decision point, she only knew, I am going to serve God. I'm not going to serve the gods of Moab. Your people are going to be my people. That's what she knew. It is clear to me, it is so clear to me, God blesses the people that are on the road of following Him. If this is the road, God blesses people on this road. God said, Ruth, I got something for you. His name is Boaz. I got something for you. <clears throat> Your name will be forever written in my book. And I got one more thing for you. Your generational line will include the greatest king probably of Israel. His name's David. Amen. Ruth did not know any of that when she was standing here. And then Orpah, she went back to Moab. She was just going home. She didn't know any of the future. And I, I appreciate that Ruth was a future thinker. She was thinking on the future. So yes, love wins in the end. Ruth gets married and has a child, and we see who the generation is and who the child is. And we see that there are blessings included after the decision point, based on what way you went. I want to tell a personal story here that it was before college graduation. I had, many of you probably don't know this, before college graduation, I had already a full-time position at a church in a place. 
a real church, a real place. I already had a full-time position waiting for me. All that was left was my diploma. That's all that was left. The deacons voted me in, the pastor voted me in, and that was it. And after some time, some, some consequences of actions, and after some things happened, that door was no longer available. God closed that door, and it, it couldn't happen anymore. And I was driving back, and my college was Fargo, North Dakota. I was driving back to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's three and a half hours. I was so... Sorry, I was so broken. <laughs> and I thought, God, this is not the plan. This was not the idea. This was not supposed to happen. What are you doing? I had three and a half hour drive. What are you doing? Because this was not supposed to happen. It's not in the plan. And I need to tell my parents, I was standing right here for three and a half hours. Excuse me. I was, I was standing in the balance. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do not let that take over. I was standing in the balance between, am I going to serve God or not? For three, for three and a half hours on the drive. On the drive. Because I was, as you can see, I was so hurt. I was so broken. This was not the plan. Okay? And for three and a half hours, I said, God, am I going to serve you anymore? Because this hurts. This isn't fun. And as you know, I did make the decision to continue to serve God. And, and one of the many reasons I chose was that God blesses people on this road. God blesses people on this road. And for some reason, I knew that. I knew that if I was going to, well, that didn't work out. I'm going to go try something else. I'm going to go do something else. My plan was to move to Denver, Colorado and live with my sister. Because Denver is beautiful. I still love it to this day. That was the plan. I had a bed waiting for me. And that, I was in the balance making the decision point of, am I going to serve God anymore or not? Because this isn't fun. And I did make the choice to, to serve God because I knew that this road, God blesses. So then, the blessing is, I was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Eastside Baptist Church, nine months later from that moment when I was driving three and a half hours, and from this moment, about nine months later, a family walked into the church, and I was like Boaz. I was like, who is that blonde girl? Who is that? This family walked into the church I've never seen before. It was an Easter Sunday night. And I was, I was standing on there because I was in the sound booth looking down. And of all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of all of the people, excuse me, of all of the people of the entire world, Pastor Spencer said, Ryan, come here. I want you to meet someone. 
Excuse me. And that would be my wife. So, so God blesses people on this road. Okay? Sorry, I got people crying over there. God blesses people on this road. Did you, ooh, did you know if I was in Denver, Colorado, I would not have been at Eastside Baptist Church, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Easter Sunday morning, Easter Sunday night in 2018? Wouldn't have been there. And it's because, now I'm not saying I'm a great guy, but it's because in the decision point, I said, God, I'm going to continue to follow you. This hurts. This is not fun. Like Atreyu, I go through trials. It's not fun. But at the decision point, we are going to continue to serve God. And God blesses people on that road. I have a question for you. What road are you on? Because we can come as Christian people, saved people, godly people, we say, God's not blessing my family. God's not blessing my marriage. God's not blessing my work. God's not blessing my relationships. What's going on? What happened in the decision point? Because it was something that happened here that made you go on the road of, I'm going to choose my own decision, make my own decisions, and for some reason, God's not blessing those decisions. And that, to me, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. God will not bless the decisions on the road of, I'm going to make my own decisions. God's not going to bless that. He's not there. That's Moab. But God is on the road of, all right, God, I don't know what to do. I want to include you on this decision-making process. Then God is on this road. Okay? So these are the roads. These are the decision points that we make. If you want God to bless your lives continually, stay on this road. I couldn't make it more clear than that. You need to stay on the road of what God has for me. That doesn't mean that all of you have to preach. It doesn't mean that all of you have to, have to be pastor's wives. It doesn't mean that. It just means I need to stay on this road. Because this road is just destruction. It, it, you will crash your spiritual car on this road. It's, it goes nowhere. Okay? Now, the road that chooses God, God blesses the people that are on the road that chooses God first. I'm sorry about making you cry. Now, I remember our wedding. Abby said, don't make me cry. You're going to mess up my mascara. You're going to mess up. So excuse Abby if she needs to go to the bathroom. And... <laughs> There's a continuation of our decisions. This is the last point this morning. Yeah, I know that we make decisions all the time. 35,000 of them every day. All the time. And I know that my decisions have consequences. I, I mean, that's, I know that. But your decisions also continue. They are not in the here and now. They are also included in the future. Now I need to talk to Abby again. I, I am so happy that Abby balances me out because oftentimes I like to make decisions of the here and now. I have come to her in the past and said, Abby, we need to buy this thing. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Abby says, now, now think about three to five years. And I said, no, I don't want to think about three to five years. 
I'm just thinking now, because it makes sense. I mean, we have the money. We're not going to go in debt based off of this fun thing that I want to buy, jet ski boat. And we're, you know, we're not going to go in debt. It's going to be a lot of fun if we have it. And Abby says, now, Ryan, but what about in about five years when, and I'm like, all right, fine. And we don't own a jet ski or a boat and stuff like that. I'm so happy that my wife balances me out because I have to think, and oftentimes we included think that we have to make decisions with our future in mind. And that's difficult. It's difficult to be like, this makes sense because this makes me feel good. This makes sense because it just, it, I don't know how to explain it. It just makes sense. Right. But in this decision point, we have to have the future in mind. Because our decisions, the ones that matter, again, the ones that matter, not just what shoes am I going to wear, the ones that matter affect our entire future. Those are the decision points that matter. Need to continue, sorry. So again, one more time, last time, I want to look at Ruth and Orpah and how their decision point was made in their future, okay? And you might already say, you already said this, okay? Listen up. Orpah went back to Moab. We don't know anything else. That's her future. Uh, to the best of our knowledge, she served the gods of Moab, which aren't gods at all, and she died. And, then, and now today, yes, she is living eternally in hell. She was not God's people. And again, I want to really, you know, big alarm. She did not have that in mind when she was standing right here. Orpah was not a future thinker. She was a here and now, and the here and now is I'm going back to my family, going back to my friends, going back to my house. Maybe I can marry a guy in Moab. That was the here and now. Okay, but Ruth was the future. Whether thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried, and the Lord do so with me, and more also if I ought put death part thee and me. It does not get more future thinking than that. The future thinking of when I married Abby, I said, till death do us part. I'm not, uh, you're not going anywhere until I die or you die. That's the only thing that's going to separate us. And Ruth said to Naomi, your people are going to be my people. Your God is going to be my God until death. That is a future thinker. That is a thinker that is not in the here and now. Because, by the way, one more time, uh, Moab was Ruth's home too. Moab was Ruth's home too. Uh, Ruth had family there. That's where she grew up, probably. Ruth had family there. Ruth had friends there. Ruth might have had a house there. And then the same thought, maybe I can marry someone, maybe I can find a guy in Moab. That was the thought, that was the idea. But no, she said, your God will be my God, future thinker. Not a decision that was made in the here and now. Then I think I have another one. Excuse me. All right. I messed up once. All right, everybody gets one. Ruth had the future in mind. 
So, one more time, what was the future continuation of, of, of Ruth and the decision point? Well, I, I already said that. Uh, Ruth got married to Boaz. Ruth had a son named Obed, who had a son named Jesse, who had a son named David, and David killed the giant. Got it. We know that. You know, so Orpah is never mentioned again in the Bible, but Ruth is. Uh, I want Matthew. There it is. Huh. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Have you noticed maybe around Christmas time, Jesus is called the son of David? If Jesus is thus the son of David, and David is related to Ruth, then Ruth and Jesus Christ are related. One more time, do you think Ruth had that in mind when she was standing right here? When I was driving three and a half hours from Fargo to Sioux Falls, God didn't say in nine months a blonde sweet girl is going to walk into Eastside Baptist Church. I need you to be there. God didn't say that. All I knew was I'm going to follow God's direction. All Ruth knew was I'm going to follow God's direction. And not only did Ruth have a generational line that David is included, but by the way, David is also related to Jesus Christ. And we're going to see that. I have a few more verses. And Salmon, these are the, I picked the verses of names that we know. Salmon begat Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. So Boaz and Ruth, parents, had a son named Obed, and Obed begat Jesse. And then I'm going to skip, skip, skip. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. That's all in Matthew chapter 1. The generational line from Abraham to Jesus Christ, Ruth is included. She's there. She didn't have that in mind. She didn't know that was coming. She was a future thinker. And I appreciate that. The future continuation of our decision point is, of Ruth, am I going to follow God? is that she's the grandmother of David the king and the grandmother of Jesus Christ. The daily decisions that we make might seem little and monotonous. And what drink am I going to choose at the Coca-Cola machine? But the ones that really matter, you have to have your future in mind. You have to be a future thinker. How is this going to affect my future? Because we get caught up in those little decisions that don't matter, but then the real one comes like this one, the decision point of uh, Orpah and Ruth. This one comes, am I going to go God's way or my way? And that's the decision that was made. And we do not know how the, it will affect. When we're standing here, there was never an alarm that said, be at Eastside and Mary Abbey, there was never an alarm to Ruth that said, uh, go to Bethlehem, Judah, I got something real cool for you over there. All we were, we were just standing in the balance. We were standing here and choosing, I'm going to serve God. You don't know what each decision point has in the future for you. 
You don't know that. I don't know that. I didn't know that. And those decisions we have to make when we're standing here in the circle of the decision point is am I going to go God's way or my way? Because my way sounds really nice. My way sounds, makes sense because, and God's way doesn't make sense because I'm sure if you heard Atreyu's testimony, God's way doesn't make sense. <laughs> of, of uh, you, I'm going to be a pastor? I'm going to be a preacher? Uh, that doesn't make sense. But in the decision point, we have to decide, I'm going to go God's way. I, I'm going to choose to go God's way. And I wonder again, what is, what is the road that you're on? Because all of us are on a road. We're somewhere. And one more time, if you're wondering, why is God not blessing my family? Why, is, why am I having a hard time? I feel like I'm spinning my wheels and getting nowhere. I wonder what was the decision that was made here to make you on the path of, I'm making my own decisions. God's not going to bless that. And those are for every Christian in here. So I'm speaking to the Christians. And then, by the way, can we, can we rejoice if we're on this road? You can say amen right here. You can, you can raise your hand, something. I'm on the road amen. of doing what God tells me to do, doing what God wants me to do. It's not an easy road. It's not always the road that makes the complete sense. But it is the road that I've decided to go on. I've decided to follow Jesus. That road. Or we could be standing here this morning. So again, I'm speaking to every Christian, everybody who believes in Jesus Christ, who is a saved Christian. We could be on the road of, I'm making my own decisions, it's not working. We could be on the road of, God's making decisions for me, I'm in the blessings of God, and this morning we could be standing here. There's some of you that might be standing here. There's a decision point that has to be made at my work. There is a decision point that has to be made about my family. There's a decision point that has to be made about what school my kids are going to go to. There's a decision point that has to be made about uh, my, uh, my wife and I of how we're going to raise our kids. There's the decision point that has to be made about my finances. And today, you're in the circle, you're in the, the spot of, am I going to go God's way or my way? I want you to consider that. And from the story of Ruth and Orpah, I believe you know the right way, the way to go. So now, that is the crossroads that we're standing at. But I was talking to unsaved people. Now, guys, we're, I want to move this around. Please come up here. I'm just, I just want to move this around. All right, now put the blocks down. Thank you, guys. Those are really heavy blocks, by the way. All of us start on, hey, I'm going to say hi to the camera. All of us start, <laughs> all of us start on this road when we are born. If you can think of birth is right here, this is when you are born into the world, we all start on this road. And we're starting on the road of, of not knowing any other decision than what I know. This feels good. This is what's nice. Uh, I like this color, and I'm going to choose this color, and, and the decisions that don't matter. That's all we know. This is how every single human being starts. Their life journey is in this road. 
and we walk on this road, and at some point we meet Jesus Christ. And we meet the cross. And now we stand here. We never knew this existed until a certain time. But now we know. And if you're here listening this morning, now you know. Now you know that this exists. Now you know that there's a Savior. So now the decision point that has to be made is, am I going to continue on my road of everything I've ever known, or am I going to say, yes, God, and continue on the road of what God has me? So I was talking to every Christian before, but now I want to talk to people who don't know if you're a Christian. I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know what that is. I don't know, you know, if I die today, if I'm going to go to hell with Orpah or to heaven with Ruth. I'm not sure. And today, the decision point is what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? Joshua said, choose you this day, today. Make the decision today and be done with it. Because I'm going to serve the Lord. Are you going to serve the gods of the Moabites? Are you going to serve yourself? Or are you going to serve the Lord? The question this morning, what road are you on? And what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do when you come to the cross? One last verse that gives us direction. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Next verse. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. The GPS system of directing Proverbs makes us a promise. It says God will do that. In all your ways, if I put all reliance on God, he will then direct the path. Does that mean I don't need to worry about the path? Many young people are worried about their future. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I feel pressure from my parents. I have to make all these decisions, and I'm not even 18 yet. And it's ridiculous. And in, in God's word in Proverbs, if I rely all on God, he will direct the path, Amen. the future. Right. So then I don't thus need to worry and stress about that future. That's for every one of us. But I know that young people have a lot more decision points that they need to make than, for instance, my dad does. Young people have a lot more decision points that are coming in their future. I want to end with this. What are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do? I want to ask uh, my pastor, can you do the invitation? Would you stand, please, and, and close your eyes and bow your head? Pastor, I'm just going to pray, and then I want to have you uh, take over the rest. Lord, I thank you for speaking to me at this message. Thank you for laying a burden on my heart for the decision points each and every person makes. I pray, God, for the people here that are on each and every road that they're on, of, of whatever road, of making their own decisions, helping God helping make the decisions, or what to do with Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that today the decision will be made to follow you. I pray, God, that you will help these next moments that are extremely 
pivotal and important that people would make the decision today to either follow you or to continue to follow. Thank you for the decisions that are being made in Jesus' name. Amen.